Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 123 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio. And, well, round three certainly saw the cream rise to the top. And in round four, we're going to have that cream clash against one another in a couple of games that are, if you're a footy fan, must-see TV. You've got two huge matchups this round that I, I cannot wait to see. And one of them is going to be happening in just a few hours, that being the Magpies and the Dockers. And we're going to get into those in, in just a moment here. And we're going to finally see the Bulldogs back in action as well and get the Suns back out there after having missed a round as well themselves. So footy's back. We technically have nine games this round for a 14-squad uh, competition. You've got a couple of clubs who are playing multiple games, the uh, Bulldogs and the Suns. I believe, yeah, I believe, no, it's not the Suns. It's the Bulldogs and the Magpies, as well as the Dockers and the Eagles, not the Suns, that are playing the, the fourth game. So, in on very quick turnaround. So, it's going to be a very interesting weekend of footy. So, a great time for a. Uh, an AFLW fan to just settle in and and watch some great action this weekend. So as I was mentioning about the cream rising to the top, you know, the Crows, the Dockers, the D's and the Pies, they're all out to a 3-0 start. The Roos bounce back. They're 2-1 now. And the Lions, they finally got back out on the ground and got that bad taste out of their mouth from that opening round lost that they had to the Crows back in round number one. Now, I... A couple of years ago, actually, now, I had a uh, couple of gentlemen uh, by the name of Zach and Andreas on the podcast, and they run a YouTube channel that's related to footy, which is, is absolutely fascinating because they do all the graphics themselves as well. So they put a lot of detail and a lot of time into the work that they do, and they had a new episode come out. I, I guess I should tell you the name of the podcast, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But the name of the—not uh, the podcast, the YouTube channel— the name of the YouTube channel is A to Z Footy. And on Monday, they came out with a new episode uh, where they opined about how they believe that the AFLW is ready to explode. And I have to tell you, this is something that I've been talking about here for the last many weeks about the AFLW and what's going to be happening as the, as the next couple of years go by and we bring four new clubs into the side. I totally agree with what they had to say. And I think we're going to see a ter terrific example of that this weekend with these two matchups between the undefeated sides at the top of the ladder. So if you're a fan of the AFLW, or even if you're a skeptic and you're not sure, I, I strongly encourage you to check out this eight and a half minute clip that they put out on their YouTube channel because they make a very compelling argument and they give some pretty good evidence as to why this game is about to take that exponential leap. And I'll, I'll give you just a bit of a hint. It, it's, it has to do with the fact that a lot of the young players who are coming into the comp right now, the Maddie and Georgie Prisbacus and, you know, some of the younger players who've been drafted in this year, uh, they've been able to play footy for the last 
five, six, seven years straight as they're developing into professional players. So they're not transitioning from other games or anything like that or coming back to the game after having been gone for a number of years. It's it's a great, great hypothesis on their part, and I think that the game is going to just absolutely get so much better here in the next couple of years. So I strongly suggest you check out the A to Z footy YouTube channel and subscribe to that and give these guys a listen because it's it's well worth your time, like I said, if you're a skeptic of the AFLW, they might convert you here. And if you're a supporter of the AFLW and the women's comp, you're going to get an affirmation of what you've already believed. Okay? So I wanted to look at just a few of the games from round three. We're not going to get into all of them. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, the final round of the, the final game of the round here first, and that was Brisbane's win over Carlton. And, you know, you could actually argue that this game was, was much closer than what the scoreboard indicated because, you know, the Lions, they tacked on four goals, three in the last quarter. And, you know, as I mentioned just a moment ago about the this YouTube video, it was a great example of the youth in the game showing itself. Now, of course, you had the usual suspects for Brisbane, you know, Jesse Wardlaw and Jess Wushner uh, joining Greta Bodie all kicking two goals apiece. Matty Perspakis had another terrific game for the Blues with 27 disposals. But I have to tell you, I and and it might have been the fact that she was the only player out there that I can think of, and at least for the Lions, the only one that was wearing long sleeves. But uh, they had a, a a player make it their debut this weekend, and that was uh, Zemi Farquharson. And uh, we're not going to have a spelling test here, so. Um, but she was their first pick in last year's draft, but she did not make her debut until round three this year. So she hadn't made her way into the side yet. And if I'm not mistaken, I actually tipped her to be the comp's rising star last year. And uh, it didn't turn out that way because she didn't get a game last year. But wow, what an impressive start, you know, for a, a, I believe she's 18 or 19, but just such an impressive start on her, on her part there. Um, a dozen disposals, one goal, two, and that goal was, you know, deep in the pocket, you know, at a very flat angle, um, just a very, very silky smooth performance for her. And it's, and if I'm not mistaken from what I heard during the broadcast, she's out of the Lions Academy that they have developed there to, to help grow the game in Brisbane. And she looked like she was a 20 or 30 game player out there in her debut. So that's going to be a real bonus for the Lions as they go forward here. So, you know, Brisbane, they got that bad taste of, of the round one game out of their mouth there. Now, Fremantle, they stayed undefeated. They kicked 11 goals, and they kicked five of those in the final term. And what was amazing is even though you had uh, Kara Antonio and Gemma Houghton each kicking two goals, there were seven other Dockers that kicked goals. So that you had, you had you know, nine of the uh, 21 players that were dressed kicking goals in the game. Almost half kicked goals. I mean, that, that's a fantastic number. Kara Bowers, you know, as I, I kind of alluded to in the last uh, episode talking about the games, I said, well, she's probably going to have her average number of goals, which is, I think, 13. Well, she topped that. She had 16 again. And, uh, you know, Frio, they more than doubled the Tigers inside 50 opportunities. And and here's the thing. The Tigers are, are not a bad club. You know, th- this game, even though it got to be a wide margin, 
there was that onslaught in the fourth quarter. It was it was still somewhat close to the first three, and and it just it looks like you know Frio's conditioning and they're just their killer instinct uh, just took over in that fourth quarter. And you know the Tigers, you know they're they're going to be a very good side here very soon. But I think the Dockers are on a mission of some sort this year. And uh, you know I. As I've mentioned in the last couple of rounds, I think they listened to that episode where I tip think I, where I tipped them to be seventh this year. So I don't think they're real happy with me. So you got the uh, the the Magpies having played the Cats then, and they won that one by eleven. Now, the Magpies are still a, a much better side than the the Cats right now. But as a Cat supporter, you know I, I have to take the small victories, the the good positive things that happen during the course of the game. That that when they build upon those, are hopefully going to lead to wins as the game goes forward. You know the uh, you know Chloe Malloy kicked two fantastic goals for the the for the pies. In fact, I just had uh, placed a new Chloe Malloy sticker on the uh, front of my desk in my classroom, and I think actually a there's an Aaron Phillips one and one for the uh, Grovetown Pirates, the new USAFL side as well, uh, went up, and of course the a Jess Jess Wushner sticker as well with the little lightning bolts on it. So just you know just trying to trying to help to, to support the game there and, uh, and you know, share the game with as many people as I possibly can with that. But, uh, you know, Amy McDonald had a fantastic game for the Cats. She had 20 disposals and 12 tackles. She did, she did kick it behind, did score behind for them. But, you know, the Cats are still struggling to score points, and that's, that's not going to be changing probably this year. You know, if they win a game that's going to be, you know, if they win a couple of games, they're going to be games that they win because – they were able to keep a, a side that was comparable to them off the scoreboard, maybe more than they typically would have. Now, the Crows, just, you know, what a performance on their part. I mean, they held West Coast to three behinds after the first quarter, and they kicked five goals five themselves after the first horn. And this is a, uh, this is a side that, you know, while they didn't have the explosive – offensive output that the Dockers had or that uh, Melbourne had. This was the second game in three rounds where they held their opponent to nine points. And if you, you know, if you, uh, if you hold your opponent to nine points, you ought to be able to find a way to kick yourself two goals and, and go ahead and actually uh, be able to, to at least get a few points ahead, but they did much, much more than that. You know, they're going to be tested this week because they have the very high-powered Melbourne side coming in, and, and that's going to be an absolute battle. And I can't wait to see that one. That's uh, almost a primetime game for me. That's going to be at 11 o'clock at night uh, for me on Saturday. I'm sorry, on Friday night, so in a couple of days. So in just a few hours when I get to work tomorrow morning, I'll be able to watch the uh, Magpies and Dockers game before my students arrive in the morning. Now the D's, yeah. What can you say about the way that that club is playing? I mean, they absolutely blew up in the fourth quarter. You know, six goals, six goals, five in the fourth quarter. You know, against a, you know, a very tough Saints side. You know, I th- I think that when the Saints and the Cats play, and I believe the two of them do play this year, I think that's going to be a very closely contested game. While I'm going to love you know the idea of the Cats winning that one, I still think that the that the Saints might have a little bit more offense there, but we'll get to that game when when it occurs. But that D side is just so efficient. 
You know, you had you know, Taylor Harris had had eight disposals, all of them kicks, and she kicked three goals too. And uh, Tyla Hanks knocked through two goals herself as well. And again, as I mentioned, the D's match up with Adelaide this year and it, this next week, and it's going to be an absolute thriller. And you know, the Saints they did see a lot of things go well, but again, they're they they faced a really really good side, and they just overwhelmed them. Yeah, the 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 D's just washed over them in that fourth quarter, and there wasn't a whole lot that they could do to slow them down. And it was just an opportunity for them to, uh, you know, to to tack on percentage points, which could only help out sides going forward here because we're not going to have four undefeated sides after this week. We're going to have two. Okay, we're going to have two. And in fact, depending on how things go, we may not have any because... Well, we might have one left because Fremantle plays uh, Collingwood and both of them play a second time this weekend. So if one wins one of the games, even if they don't win the other one, we might still have uh, only one undefeated side left after this weekend or maybe two. It's late in the day. I'm not going to do any math there. So I'll let you figure that out. But, you know, it, you know, Saints supporters, you know, I think you have to look at the positives. As I mentioned, you know, recently you know it's it's like as a cat supporter you're you're looking for those green shoots that growth on your side and i think that's you're seeing that with the saints you're seeing that with the suns with the cats as well i think even in some instances you're seeing that with the eagles as well so you know and it's going to just get better and better as things go along now, let's take a look at the games for round four, and there are nine of them coming up here, okay? There's the seven regular games that are scheduled, plus two that are, that are being made up, that are being uh, kind of shoehorned into the schedule with a much shorter break between the clubs. Now, the first game, which is coming up here in just about five and a half or six hours, is Collingwood and Fremantle. And this is the first of two games in just a handful of days for both of these sides. Now, the Pies are a very good side. Okay, I think they're a very good club, and the Dockers, they just continue to prove me wrong, and they, they're they proving themselves right. I think the Dockers are going to pos- very likely play in the finals, and who knows, at this pace, they may be playing in the, the uh, prelims before this is all said and done. I'm going to have to go with the high-powered Dockers here, and I've got, I've got Fremantle winning this one by nine points. This is just too good of a side right now the way they're playing to to pick against them and i i just don't think i can do that now the next game we've got we got gws facing off against the bulldogs now the giants they get to you know play against a club that is i think extraordinarily anxious to get back out there they've missed the last couple rounds you know with with covid issues you know, so you, you wonder what is their fitness level going to be like if if players have had to isolate they've had to train on their own you know, they're having to figure out how do we uh, fill the the absence of Izzy Huntington, which I'm sure they have figured out how they're going to go about go about doing that. Now, I, I do think that this uh, break is going to have a bit of an impact on this team. And while I, I do think the Bulldogs are a talented side, and if I'm not mistaken, I did tip them in the top six this year, I'm going to go with GWS in this game simply because of the the situation here. They've not played in two rounds. You know, while they're going to try to focus on this game here, they know that they've got another game lurking just a few days later against a top side in Fremantle, which we'll get into in a minute here. 
But I'm going to go with GWS to win this one by eight points. And then we move on to the St. Kilda Saints and West Coast. Now, these are two clubs that are both looking for positive things, that have seen positive things happen to their sides. Um, of course, only scoring nine points against Adelaide is not one of those things. But this is an opportunity for one of these clubs to tack on four points onto the ladder. And the Saints, you know, under Nick Del Santo, have, have played some solid footy in, in a couple of their games. And I think this is going to be a toss-up game here. But just on a hunch, I'm going to go with St. Kilda to win this one by 10 points. I just, I just think that they might be a slightly better side right now. And I'm going to go with St. Kilda. And again, you know, you've got the, the Eagles who are, what, in week three of hub life in Victoria. So is that starting to have an impact on them? We shall see. Then we've got the second clash of unbeatens, and this is happening at Norwood Oval near Adelaide. The D's are just an absolutely explosive side here. Uh, you know, they've got that double barrel forward attack with Taylor Harris and, and Kate Hoare, you know, just able to, to put points on the scoreboard. Now, I'm not sure if they can actually be slowed down, but if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be the Crows and their stingy defense. You know, you, you go back and you look what they did to Brisbane early on. You see what they did last week. You know, they, they've, they've played really, really solid footy all throughout the year here. So I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how, you know, how things go with them. I mean, you know, they, they, they held North Melbourne to only 24 points. Now, they haven't exactly lit up the scoreboard themselves. Okay, they, they've, they've struggled to put a lot of points on the boards themselves. And uh, I'm just going to go here with a hunch, okay? And I, I think this is going to be the Crows getting their second big win against a contender. So I've got the Crows beating the Ds at home by six points. And I think this is going to be the game of the round. This is going to be a, you know, a, a strong defensive side against a strong offensive side. Now, if, if Adelaide struggles to score, then Melbourne's going to win this game despite Adelaide's solid defense. Because if Adelaide, if Adelaide can't get enough points on the board, of course, they're not going to be able to, to keep Melbourne off the board enough. But like I said, I'm going to go with Melbourne to lose this one by six points to Adelaide. And then we get to Brisbane and Geelong. And the Lions, they, for lack of better terminology, they roared back into round three and they showed why they're the defending premiers, and they're going to be contending for the premiership again, despite that round one loss to the Crows. They're playing on their new home ground. They're moving you know, to another home ground at uh, Maruchador, and they're playing the Cats. And you know, the Cats said it. They're a developing side. This is not a side that's just going to go in and, and, and blow other clubs off the ground. They don't have the offensive ability to do that quite yet. Okay, they're... They might, you know, throttle the the Lions offense a little bit, but the Lions are really, really good in the forward fifty. So I I I think that the Cats are gonna drop this one. Looking for those green shoots, but I've got the Lions winning this one by fifteen points. So about two and a half goals here. I hope it's not more than that, but you know, again. Looking for the positives in things here. Looking for the positives. And then we've got Carlton and North Melbourne. Now, the Blues, they had a really bad fourth quarter against the Lions. And uh, now they get to face a very solid North Melbourne side. Emma Kearney came back in this past week. And I think the Roos are just going to continue their winning ways. 
I've got North winning this one by 10 points. You know, Carlton really needs a win. They really need a win here, but I don't think they're going to get it this round. And then we uh, we get on to Gold Coast and Richmond. And the Young Suns, they shocked the Eagles back in round two. And they're a confident bunch. This is a, this is a quality young side as well. You know, I think they're they're a year, maybe two away from being ready to start contending for finals as well. But this Richmond side is is really developing nicely. And yeah, they they lost by I think thirty points to Fremantle. But uh, you know, I think this is a club that could possibly find their way into the top six before it's all said and done. If the big guns keep bounce, you know, bouncing off of one another, they might be able to sneak in there. So I'm going to go with the Tigers to win this one by two goals. So I've got the Tigers by 12 here. And then we get into the, the last two games of round four, which are kind of technically, I guess, the start of round five, if you will. Uh, if you go back to 2020, uh, during the hubs and that sort of thing, this is something that the, that the men's comp was beginning to do, where you had teams playing every four or five days trying to get the, ske- get the schedule taken care of. So we've got Collingwood facing off against West Coast, and the Magpies are coming off of a five-day break and the Eagles a four-day break in between games. So you figure there's going to be a lot of rest and recuperation there, recovery runs, things of that nature, getting themselves you know, in as good a shape to possibly play. You might see some, some players come in and get named to the side that maybe didn't play the previous round uh, due to bumps and bruises and that sort of thing. But I think that the Magpies are still a better side, even if that happens. I've got the Magpies taking this one by 14 points. And then you've got the Bulldogs and the Dockers. You know, the Bulldogs have a four-day break, a four-day break, and the Dockers have a five-day break to rest and recuperate. Same situation as Collingwood and West Coast. Again, as in the previous game, I'm going to go with what I think is the more talented side, and that's going to be the Dockers. And I've got the Dockers winning this one by 15 points. Again, I think this that 15... Do I think that the Dockers are two and a half goals better than the Bulldogs? Yes and no. I think yes, because they played very well. But also in this case, because of the the, the turnaround, and, and I wonder just what kind of a recovery is going to take place in that short period of time for a club who hasn't played in two rounds. I mean, you know, have, not having played in, in 14 days and then playing – you know, two games in the span of four days or five days, that's going to be a real test for the Bulldogs. So I've, going to, I've got the, uh, the Dockers winning this one by 15. So there's my tips for this round. I did want to let you know I've got uh, four interviews done and in the can and uh, ready to be worked on and edited. I've got another one that I'm doing this Friday afternoon. I'm sitting down with uh, uh, a coach from the VFLW. Uh, to uh, I actually interviewed a player from the VFLW this this week as well. I'm looking forward to bringing that to you. Just you know, great story on her part there. You know, so again, if remember, I'm working at trying to schedule and uh, lock in supporters of all 18 clubs. I've got many of you who have reached out. I'll update my uh, my Twitter probably tomorrow in terms of who I have not lined up yet, but I'm going to be working on getting those scheduled in the next week to 10 days and try to get those times locked in. Remember, I'm 16 hours behind Melbourne, and I believe that makes me 13 hours behind Perth. 
because I know I've I I reached out to request an interview with somebody from Darwin, and I'm 14 and a half hours behind Darwin. So if you're interested, you can go over to my website, yankonthefooty.com, and fill out the register as a guest form. Again, if you haven't figured out, yes, I I love the opportunity to to talk to people who are involved in the game at the highest levels, whether they be, you know, a uh, Donald McDonald or a uh, a Ricky Nixon or a Frank Davis. Um, or Kate Roffey, the president of the D's, but I, I, I do so love talking to supporters and fans and just getting the pulse of what it means to be a fan of these clubs and being able to go out and see them in person and have watched them for 20, 30, 40 years or however long you've been a supporter for that club. That's I like to kind of live vicariously through you as a fan. So that's one of the reasons I love having those discussions. So hopefully you'll, you'll, uh, you'll consider signing up. Um, and again, yeah, we'll, we'll toss in a few trivia questions about the club as well. So, you know, to hopefully, uh, get you, uh, you know, get you to demonstrate your, your knowledge about your club. So hopefully you'll think about signing up for that. And remember folks, you can find everything related to the podcast over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. I hope you check it out. You can get on the mailing list there. You can leave me a voicemail. Remember if you do sign up to uh, come on as a guest, please make sure you include your email address in that. Uh, I had somebody who had signed up uh, to be a guest and it's somebody who had signed up on my mailing list. So I was able to go back and I actually had a bit of a brain fart on my part because they, when they filled out the paperwork on online, they, you know, they told me who they were and I knew who they were because I've talked to them before I'm on live episodes, but their email wasn't there. And I was like, Oh my goodness, how am I going to get in touch with this person? And I thought, I wonder if they're on the mailing list. And I had to go back and look because I thought they were. And I found their email and I reached out to them so and confirmed that that was the right one. So I hope you'll consider signing up and, and checking it out. You know, hopefully you'll want to get on the mailing list as well. You know, if you like the show and you want to help it out, you can, you know, head over to my Buy Me a Coffee page. It's that little yellow button in the bottom left-hand corner. You don't have to do that. But if you want to, certainly would appreciate it. It helps to keep the thing plugging along here. And now that you've listened, I hope you'll consider leaving me a review over on Apple Podcasts. You can actually get to that from my website. If you go to yankonthefooty.com and you click on the Reviews button, there's a link that'll take you right to Apple Podcasts, and you can leave a review for me there. And again, that helps to trigger that algorithm with Apple. And when people are looking for footy podcasts, it might help move mine up the charts a little bit and get some more recommendations there. And of course, you know, word of mouth, if you've got a favorite episode or you just love the podcast altogether, I hope you'll consider sharing a link, telling your friends about it, you know, dropping it out on your socials, you know, putting it in an email to your, to your best buddy and say, hey, you should check this guy out. And uh, that, that would be a huge help for the podcast. I'd greatly appreciate it if you'd consider doing that. Now, folks, we've got just a few hours before game time today. I want to thank you for checking out the podcast. As always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 123 
of a yank on the footy. Again, don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yank on the footy at gmail.com. And everything's on my website at yank on the footy.com. You can also follow me over on Instagram. Just search out a yank on the footy. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, I thank you for listening. And please consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, goodbye. <laughs>